Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello, and thank you once again for joining us for the Financial Fund Podcast. Today, our guest is the dynamic and interesting Malcolm Saunders. Thank you for joining us, Malcolm. Hey, right on. Thanks for having me on, Tim. So, Malcolm, tell us what it is that you do. What What are you passionate about? All right. My main passion is helping you find and learn how to craft your own food and medicine. I do that primarily through a little business I created uh, here in Calgary, Alberta called The Light Cellar. And yeah, we're a little superfood shop, a retail store that has probably over 2000 different unique uh, foods all the way from nut seeds, dried fruits to, you know, sea vegetables, herbs from all around the world, medicinal mushrooms, etc. We have an elixir bar, a production kitchen where we make fermented foods like sauerkraut. And we also make chocolate from scratch. Oh, I remember your chocolate. Your chocolate is amazing. Yeah, totally. So that's that's my main passion is is food nutrition and and really just breaking it down, keeping it simple, and and empowering people on their way because you know it's it's confusing out there, and it it should be easier for us all. Yeah, and it just keeps getting more and more complicated. So we need people like you to help us wade through it all. Yeah. So what got you into into this? Right. Well, uh, it's an extension of my own journey, uh, just exploring the world of food and nutrition, going down these rabbit holes of, of ideas. And, and you and I were just, just chatting before we got on the call recording here in terms of, uh, for a number of years, almost 15 years, I was a vegetarian. And, you know, intellectually, I was so convinced that, that this is the way to go. And you can watch the documentaries that will, you know, say that, try and prove it, etc. But in the end, you know, there's definite benefits. Uh, however, I truly believe we are omnivores and eating from what I call all the four food groups, plants, animals, bacteria, and fungi. That's how we achieve uh, true human health. And, and of course, we have to make the best choices that we can, you know, that those animals are cared for, raised in a proper way, etc. Um, so, yeah, that's been my journey. And through that, uh, kind of found myself on the, the entrepreneurial path, which uh, I'm loving and I, and I see as one of the more powerful ways that we as individuals can help change the world. I'm with you on that one. I'm going business done properly, ethically, and morally is art. It is one of the best things that you can do to change the world. And so many people bash on business, and it's not business that's the problem. It's these gigantic corporations that are all about nothing but profit at any and all costs. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about the, the topic of money, of course. And, you know, for me, like, 
especially as that uh, you know teenager kind of young idealist was was really deep into music um well sex drugs rock and roll I yeah. was kind of weird <laughs> classic uh hippie uh, oh maybe I still am um uh, um anyways you're an evolved hippie dear <laughs> <laughs> an evolved one yes for sure uh so you know I, I had this very negative association and connotation with capitalism with business to me it was what was wrong with the world you know money was evil etc and I, I chose a path of almost like renouncing all that like I gave away literally almost all my possessions all I had was a backpack uh I left a box at mom's house that had a couple journals in it and I went traveling. I literally hitchhiked around uh, Western Canada and I would stay at I was I just came out of college. And what had really caught my interest at that time was um, meditation. And I was going to different retreat centers and I would stay there just kind of in exchange uh, for, you know, work to, to stay there, to learn, to, to kind of go deep into it. And yeah, there was, there was a number of years where I just wanted to kind of remove myself from the system, kind of find myself, not participate. And interestingly enough, uh, the kind of the culmination of that is I met my, you know, then soon to be wife at the time. We did a bit of traveling and we were in India and Nepal and we ended up getting pregnant. And I came home going like, Oh, okay. Uh, now I gotta, you know, get a job and provide and, you know, this, do this kind of thing. And, and my, my wife at the time, she tells me she was like, she was very doubtful that I'd pull through. She was like, all right, I'm going to be the provider, you know, my hippie husband, just, he's going to stay home and raise the kids. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it was actually th through her mother that I recreated my relationship to money. She introduced me to, to T. Harvecker and I went to his millionaire mind. And, uh, you know, I, I had always had a good relationship with money in terms of flow. I've never, you know, been in lack, even though at, at times in my life I've, I've chosen, you know, chosen that lack to kind of, Obviously, I still use money, but, you know, barely anything. I mean, when my wife and I traveled, we went to India for six months on $1,200 and came home with money, right? It, it wasn't, oh a big, yeah, it wasn't a big spending spree or anything. So definitely live. You definitely know how to do it frugally. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, like going to that, that seminar really shifted my perception about money and, and it, you know, and it wasn't just that. It was kind of the years subsequent, um, you know, seeing money more as neutral, right? It, it totally is neutral. It's just energy and it's all about, about an exchange and it's, it's how we show up in the world. And, and I really think, you know, business and, and being an entrepreneur, like you say, in, in the best, most noble and ideal of senses is, Really, it's about solving problems. And, you know, like, you know, you and I, we met through Tad Hargrave and his idea of, uh, of niche marketing and marketing for hippies, like getting over that kind of like grossness, that ickiness that, you know, a lot of people feel about marketing. And it's like, well, actually, you, you have a solution and marketing is just about being able to reach those people with a problem that you know how to solve and, and helping them do that. And money is just the common way that we exchange, uh, for that interaction. Oh, very, very much so. I'm going, I've worked with a lot of holistic people and stuff and it's like, they, they, they want money because they know that it's necessary to do the things that they want to do in their lives, but they, they push it away because they, they treat it like it's something that's, that's evil and dirty. And I'm going, if you are providing value to the world, money is just the way of coming back. And if the only reason you should ever have a problem is if you honestly don't think you're providing any value to the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously, obviously you're married and, 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 and you, and you have a child. So what is the family situation? 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're married and we have, well, common law, but you know, the institution of, of marriage, we're kind of locked in that way, yeah. one way or another, even though we had our own kind of special ceremony well, and. Oh, you didn't waste any money on an expensive wedding. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. Just, just did it our way. It was, it was a glorious fall afternoon. Yeah. And, uh, so we have a almost 13 year old. Oh, so you're, you're just getting into the, getting into the teenage years. That's right. Yeah, she's 12 now and it's yeah, what a what a great journey it is. It's it's so much fun, but I'm I I keep telling my daughter that you know what, you can slow down on this growth thing cuz me having to buy you pants every like few weeks is really getting old. <laughs> right. And it's it's interesting age. I mean, I if I think back to kind of my childhood, I I think it was around that time that I started getting an allowance and just began to kind of have that money awareness. So um, we've, we've been doing a little bit with our daughter. Uh, one of the things actually I learned from T. Harvin, I'm sure it's not unique to him uh, and other people kind of practice it, but this idea of the jar method, that was pretty revolutionary for me of, okay, if you get a hundred bucks in, you know, how are you going to break that down? And obviously, you know, for her as a 12 year old, she doesn't have what would be described as your, your daily expenses, which um, one, one of the biggest pluses of being a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a, it's a free ride for for a good while, and uh, so you know what might be sixty or seventy percent of that hundred dollars for most people would goes goes to your rent, goes to food, etc., your bills, and then it's what you do with the rest of it, which I found just totally awesome, and and we've shared that with her, and so you've got. You know, and you can designate the percentages, and I'm sure you're you're very aware of it. Yeah. Uh, this method, but the idea of okay, you know, 10% of whatever's left over. Let's say you got 40 bucks. You know, 10% is going to go to you know long-term savings. Um, 10% will, or no, sorry, 10% of the total. Yeah, of the gross, not the net. There. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, that's only four dollars in that bucket. Yeah. Um, Which is better than a lot of people who put zero dollars in that bucket. Right. And and that's the thing. Like, that was the biggest lesson. Like, even if it's 25 cents, right, it's like over a month, a year, a week, however you're dropping that into the bucket, however frequent, um, it's it's all up uphill from there. So um, you basically break it down, you know, long term savings uh, fun. That, that was actually one thing that was like. I, I needed for myself uh, in terms of like, all right, go out and spend some money. And the idea is you put it into your fun pile that you have to spend yeah. and you give yourself kind and of it a has time. to be on something fun. Not, right. Not you're justifying this as fun, like new underwear that I have to get. It's <laughs> right. actually frivolous. And for some people, that's a challenge. Yeah, it's so true. Right. So. So what are some of the other things that you're working on on teaching your daughter being a, re- a reformed, money-hating hippie? <laughs> right. Well, I think the biggest thing that I want to impart to her is that that sense of you can create your own abundance, especially in that way of being an entrepreneur. I, I know personality-wise, it, it's not suited for everyone. We're not all meant to be entrepreneurs. However, I think um, most of us, you know, can and, and we can take advantage of that. And I think our society eventually can can shift and structure to be more, you know, assisting to to those that take on the path versus, you know, I think there's definitely a big swing on that, because if we if we go back 120 years, so the the, the turn of the century, when 19th century, most people were self-employed in some way, shape or form over over the 20th century, we became more uh, employee mindset, because that's where our schools are taking us and, and the big corporations and that. And then over the last few decades in particular, I'm noticing that with people being downsized and laid off and right-sized, whatever in the world you want to call it, more of the automation and jobs being offshored and stuff, 
more and more people are either choosing or being forced into some form of self-employment and things like that. So the mind shift is, is, is switching back again, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I love that. I definitely see that trend as well. And, you know, Calgary, like you say, with its kind of big downturn and, you know, being oil, and I think we'll always be oil, at least for the next, you know, decade or two. Yeah. But there's, there's a huge growth in the entrepreneurial community and small business community, which is which is awesome. And, and, it, and it's people, I'm finding a lot more people are really like warming to the idea in general about having more control over their life. Because I've been in business for 15 years and, and started out working from home. And the idea for me working from home from a lot of people then was like, are you really serious? Or like, are you a real business person if you work from home? And right. then now when people come and, and see me at my home office and stuff, they're going, this is great. How can I get a setup like this? Right. Yeah. If nothing else, the commute's awesome. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would love to impart that. And, and I think how that begins, like her and her friend um, the other day, they went out and they were like, you know, they would painted some rocks and they went out to the path. And I mean, she wouldn't have done this herself. It was more her friend that kind of spurred spurred the whole activity on. But they went out and set up a little table and they were like selling painted rocks, you know. And, and I remember me as a kid, like, you know, having garage sales and, and only in, re- in later years of reflection of like, wow, that, you know, that, I think that even those small little things has a powerful impact and influence on, I believe it did on me. And later when I was in my teenage years, um, I always avoided jobs. Like the first job I ever applied to, uh, McDonald's, they, they told me to cut my hair or else they wouldn't give me the job. And I was like, well, forget it. You know, I don't and want I'm, the job. I like my hair better. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I didn't get that job. I applied at Calais Park. I didn't get the job. I, I don't know. I don't think it was the hair at that time, but and it was like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't. Cause I always used to piece it together. I'd like, you know, shovel sidewalks or, uh, you know, mow people's lawns, uh, walk dogs, that kind of thing. Just little like kind of piecemeal work. And then, you know, as I was into music as a teenager, um, you know, busking was actually a big part of, uh, what I did for kind of my just fun spending money, uh, you know, 16, 17 and on, you know, and, and you learn some of these principles, principles of, of business. It was like we knew when was Friday payday because you'd go to the liquor store and you'd play. Yeah. You know, you'd jam out and, and there would, you'd get, you'd earn more than any other Friday because it was Friday payday. Well, one of the things, cause because with, with, with Ayla being 14, she's now legally old enough to get a job, and she's really financially motivated. She wants to get this new Nintendo Switch or something that it is, so she's saving up the money for it, but yeah. it's not going as fast as she'd like, because it's a fairly expensive item. So she's been going and applying at, at she applied at the McDonald's, and she applied at the Tim Hortons and stuff, but they're not really hiring, and because she's so young, they can't put her on the till or anything, so... She's actually come up with the idea of uh, she's going to start cat sitting and things like that because it, it fits in with what she can do. And so she's right. learning, getting all excited about the business and stuff like that. So I'm going, sometimes not being able to get a job is a really good thing because it teaches you to be a lot more creative and self-reliant. Totally. And, and you can leverage your own time. You're, you're now thinking and working outside of the box, which is which is huge. So that's great. Although I would actually, when she's a bit older, I really would like her to get a job at McDonald's because, man, the systems and, and just how the business <laughs> works and stuff is a great place to learn for a while. Would I want her there forever? Oh, no, but. Yeah, exactly. I remember uh, we one year we visited Disney World and I remember my mother-in-law yeah. telling me that uh, a lot of, you know, kind of 
you know, MBA grads will actually go work at uh, Disney just just to learn that service aspect, how a business runs, all those systems, exactly like you say. Yeah, it's great stuff to be able to put on your resume and and also learning how to deal with the horrible people that society will throw at you in those types of jobs. <laughs> right. Yeah. You definitely have to uh, get your skin thickened in places like that, which is a good skill for 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 all of us. Some of us more than others. <laughs> yeah, for sure, totally. I mean, actually, and, and the other thing I like about you know the path I've taken and being an entrepreneur and and creating my own business is you know that like Tad, you know, like creating this niche, you know, like to focus on who are the people that you want to serve and interact with, right? That that can really help narrow down, you know, to to people that you can relate to, and you don't get as broad of a you know you know craziness of of characters uh, at you know something like McDonald's. And I also think a lot of that has become a lot more possible in our time because things like the internet and all the technology it allows us you you can really specialize but because you you have access to the world not just your local geographical community that you can really specialize and still reach a large audience because your audience is the world in a lot of cases yeah no for sure it's yeah it's phenomenal so to finish up here if you could make sure that your daughter understands three things about money when you send her off to be on her own, what three things would you and your wife want to make sure that she, she grasps? Right. Okay, cool. Um, you know, number one, just have that, that abundance mentality. Um, and not, not in a frivolous way, but in terms of like, you know, being able, I think, you know, money again, it's all about energy and our ability to kind of like hold it. Um, so, you know, save and plan and deal with her money properly and intelligently, um, but have a nice good flow with it. And that, that's kind of what I mean by, by that abundance receiving in to see money as, as neutral and that it's just energy and it's all about an exchange of, you know, helping others get what they need so you can get whatever you want and, and money will be exchanged in, in that, that transaction. And I know those are kind of two roundabouts uh, in that way. And uh, three, yeah, just, just to go out, you know, think outside of the box, think beyond trading time for money. I think that's one of the biggest uh, keys as well is, and, and have multiple streams too as, as well. That's pretty key. Yes. I total I totally love that last one about multiple streams and being able to take care of yourself. So many people think that they're secure because they have a job and that they are until they get pink slipped. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day to join us. It was a lot of fun having you on the podcast. Yeah, it was great. Good, good to chat and uh, hope, hope everyone listening got uh, some value, some insights and yeah, it was great. Great to chat with you. Oh, I know they did. <laughs> great. All right. Well, thanks again for the call and uh, you know, I look forward to the next. Thank you very much. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at Financial.Fun.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfun.ca.